0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to my Papa's podcast, Elevating the Word with Dean Carlow Ministers. Hello, everyone. We want to welcome you today to Elevating the Word. This is a Bible study intended to increase your faith, increase your knowledge of God so you can walk closer to the Lord, and have a relationship with God like you've never had before.
1: Hey, y'all, and welcome to the podcast today. We are so glad that you have joined us. Uh, just a few announcements up front. Don't forget about um, the, the email, outlook.com We would love for you to share your thoughts and um, your questions there, prayer requests you might have. Um, a lot of you have been, been sending uh, emails, and we greatly appreciate it. Um, and giving us a lot to think about and to, to talk about So thank you for that Again, that's elevating the word at outlook.com. Also, the Facebook page, uh, Dean Caldwell Ministries To keep up with all things Brother Dean is doing um, And where he's going to be at in revival Encouraging videos and encouraging posts And news about the podcast A lot of it just goes through that avenue right there And then lastly, if you would like to give to the podcast or to Brother Dean's ministry, there are ways to do that through Venmo and Cash App, and I'll put the links down in the show notes for you guys. Also, there is the P.O. Box 126, London, Arkansas, if you want to send um, the cards or whatever through through that way. So um, now that that's all out of the way, Brother Dean, we're talking about anointing and anointed yes. today. Um don't you just go ahead and dive into it?
0: All right, Rob, uh, we're going to talk about the two terms anointed and anointing uh, because they do mean different things. And I went ahead and looked these words up in Strong's Concordance just to kind of get a meaning. And anointed with the ED on it means to walk with God or to be used by God or to be set apart and Anointed by the Spirit, it's a spirit thing. Then anointing, with an ing on it, is to rub with oil or just to oil. Hmm. It was uh, uh, amazing whenever I got into that study on the what what these different words meant. And uh, so, as we get into this today, we're going to talk about uh, the anointing of the Spirit first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means God sets a person aside and anoints them because last week when we were talking about the ministry gifts, I made a statement that the ministry gifts, um, you know, where it talks about apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers, Mm -hmm. they're identified by the anointing that they carry. And also they are identified by what they produce. And we talked about that last week on uh, the gifts and tried to break it down as to what each one meant. But today we're going to just talk about the anointing of the Spirit of God, Mm -hmm. the anointing. And uh, the anointing, uh, something that has always been in my mind that I pray every time I'm getting ready to preach or teach is this, I understand and I know that the word of God is anointed. Yes, It's been inspired by God. It is anointed by God as well. Now then, whenever he gives us an anointed word, mm-hmm. what we have to do as individuals is make sure we, our person, ourself is anointed by the spirit of God. Now, let me clarify something here as, uh, what we're saying, uh, anybody that brings forth the word of God, the word of God is anointed, Mm -hmm. but what makes a difference in the word of God is the person carrying or given the anointed word. If they are anointed, Mm. they become in agreement with the spirit of God and the word of God. There's two powerful scriptures, Rob, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. He said, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it's the power of God. Yes. And then in verse 21, it said, And after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not. It pleased God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not foolish preaching, yeah. but the yeah. foolishness of preaching. Why did God choose preaching? Why did he choose preaching? And the answer is this. Preaching is a mixture. Mm-hmm. It's a mixture of spirit and word. The person delivering the message praise, set theirself aside to be sanctified before God. They seek after the things of God so they can carry an anointing of the spirit Mm -hmm. on them and then they can bring forth the word of God. And here's why. You will remember more of what you feel than just what you hear. For instance, you can take a group of people And they're at a setting and something happened Mm -hmm. that everybody can tell the story about. Every individual, even though they was there, the same happening, will have a different viewpoint and tell something different about the situation that maybe 10 or 15 people experienced. Yeah. And the reason why, it was what touched them. Mm -hmm. It was what moved them, even if they were moved by fear even if they were moved by inspiration, they'll tell the story different because inspiration and anointing do go hand in hand. However, Mm. you can be inspired without being anointed. Mm. And so the anointing of the Spirit of God, and like we've already given the definitions, anointed means to walk with God, to be used of God, in a very, very special way. There's a I'm
1: I'm sure this is a, a a simple answer here, but what how does one become anointed?
0: How does one become anointed? Is it part
1: of the calling, or can everybody walk in the anointing of God?
0: I, I believe uh you could because if you couldn't, God would be a respective person. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to read a very powerful scripture that is uh uh something that Uh, We'll bring a lot of questions, no Mm -hmm. doubt. But in Isaiah 45 and verse 1, he said, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, Mm -hmm. whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him, I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two two leave gates, and the gates shall not be shut. When he said Cyrus, as far as we know, Cyrus was never a true believer. Hmm. But because God used him and and, uh, uh, Cyrus was not a worshiper of God, par se, but God used him and uh, he's called anointed because God used him in a special way Uh, He was king when he sent Ezra, Nehemiah, and uh, some of them back to to build the temple and the walls and all this other. God used him to bring about his word that he had prophesied in the Old Testament. So this kindly divides up things here for us because Mm. as far as we know, Cyrus was not a worshiper. Of God, but the Bible and and I just read but, it in oh, Isaiah 45. Yeah. Uh, God used him to complete His pa- plan to use Israel to bring about the salvation of the human race. Hmm. Uh, he used him, and because He used him, He's called anointed, and uh, that doesn't have anything to do with the Spirit.
1: But does that lead into that there are different levels of anointing?
0: Oh, there there is different levels hmm. of anointing. But the anointed uh, is just simply to be used of okay. God. That's yeah, one of the Hebrew yeah.
1: meanings of and you it. said to be set apart. Yes. So you know, <clears throat> so Cyrus was set apart for that purpose, yes. divinely by God. We could say that
0: he was because uh, uh, Cyrus uh, founded the Persian Empire, which lasted about two hundred years, yeah. and he captured Babylon in 539 B.C and then allowed the Jews to return to their land
1: mm.
0: in the book of Ezra. Yeah. So Cyrus was actually used of God even though he was not a worshipper mm. of God. He was used of God and he is called anointed. Let me read that again. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden. God called him anointed because God used him. Yeah he used him. And so the word we're talking about here can be very complex Mm -hmm. when we're talking about anointed. And then we talk about anointing, uh, which moves into a whole different meaning. It means to rub with oil or just to oil, Mm -hmm. and anointing with oil. And we'll get into that in a moment of time. But then the uh, anointed anointing, uh, he anoints. Uh, it is a a complex word. Yeah, that it, it has to be. You have to understand how it's used.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, something that that you bring up a lot, and I'm sure you were going to get to this. So if I'm jumping jumping ahead, just we'll just revert back. But um, you you always say there's certain things that you don't do that aren't sins. It's just um, convictions from God for you. Yes. That you believe keeps you operating in a certain anointing. Could you kind of explain that a little bit?
0: Well, Rob, what I'm referring to there is uh, actually found in Numbers, the book of Numbers. And uh, whenever you study about conviction, conviction is sanctification Mm -hmm. before God. And the word sanctification means being set apart, Mm -hmm. setting aside, and being set apart, but then there's two kinds of conviction. and we've done this in a podcast a few weeks ago talking about the two diff- different kinds of conviction that uh, you know that the Bible speaks of and what the Bible says. And one of them is uh, the conviction that we have of just everybody needs to have those convictions and mm-hmm. they're named. Let me think. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, it names all these things that people should not do. Yes. And it says this that these things shall not inherit mm-hmm. the kingdom of God. And then they're repeated again in the book of Galatians, chapter 5. And it starts, I think, in verse 19 mm-hmm. and goes down through 21. And it's uh, called the works of the flesh. And it says, They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Everyone should have those convictions. But then there is the conviction that each individual has personally to be set aside before God. Mm -hmm. And uh, whenever you uh, look at Numbers chapter 6, the law of the Mm Nazarite. And uh, the law of the Nazarite is detailed for us in chapter 6. And what a lot of people don't understand about the law of the Nazarite, it was a vow that individuals chose to take. Mm -hmm. It was not a required thing. Yeah. It was what people chose to do. Mm -hmm. And they set themselves aside to be sanctified before God. The fact is, verse number two of Numbers chapter six, speaking to the children of Israel, saying to them, when either man or woman shall separate themselves To vow a vow of a Nazarite to separate themselves unto the Lord. Now, then, let me read verse 12 to clarify something here. In verse number 12 of Numbers chapter 6, and he shall consecrate unto the Lord the days of his separation, Mm -hmm. which means however long you chose to take that vow, you're separated unto God. And shall bring a lamb of the first year for the trespass offering but the days that were before shall be lost because his separation was defiled. So there was people that took the law of the Nazarite for a few days, a few months, a few years, and then there were others that took it as a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I believe when we talk about the anointing of the spirit,
1: mm-hmm.
0: anointing of the spirit, uh, it, will, it will come under the term to rub on to be saturated with. And when you talk about the anointing of the spirit, to set yourself aside to God. Now, these are convictions that people had. They couldn't touch a dead body. Uh, And somebody had to. They had to bury their dead. But a Nazarite set themselves aside by a vow to God, and God honored that. Mm -hmm. as sanctification before God. And I've made the statement, I live by a code. Mm -hmm. I don't preach it and I don't teach it because I don't have any scripture to back it up. Yeah. But I live by that. I have chosen to separate myself from those things to be sanctified before God. And I am convinced that what anointing I have comes from that. And through that, the problem we see today in the church where you don't see a lot of sanctification.
1: Mm-hmm. So, it, so really, we should call that. I mean, it is anointing and It's both, and it can't, the, the anointing
0: comes through the sanctification. The sanctification. Gotcha. But uh, being sanctified before God is very important because that's where the power comes through. Mm. Being set aside before God. How much do you pray? Yeah. How much of the word of God do you consume? Yeah. How much do you withdraw from the things that are carnal? We're not mm-hmm. saying worldly. Yeah. We're just saying things that are carnal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we've done this in a podcast, but Rob, when I was growing up, the teaching of the church, then uh, if somebody didn't particularly like something, they just priest, tabled it sinned. Yeah. It's sin. If you do that because I don't like it, then it's sin. Yeah. And people live by that as the law of the church. Yeah. And uh, maybe some preacher. And then later on down the line, they decide it's not sin. Yeah. But all the people that you have led to believe that. Yeah. So, you know, we need to stay within the confines of the scripture. Yeah. Because when we stand before God, we're not going to be judged (laughs) by what a church thinks or what a preacher thinks, but what God has said. Mm Mm-hmm what God has said. And, and we could go through a line of stuff and that's not necessary.
1: No, but I mean, you, we could take examples and, and it may sound silly to some. And I used to think this, but now, now, honestly, the, the older that I get, the more I understand it. doesn't mean that I, I live by this by any means, but, but just taking the, um, like back in the day, going to the movies was a sin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when you really, when you really step back and look at that, the majority of what's playing in movie theaters, you could argue, is not probably suitable for Christians. For Christians to watch, C- to consume, no matter yeah. no matter what it's rated, yeah, it's normally not honoring God. Yeah, it may be. I mean, because if you're sitting still, you're stagnant. You're no good to the kingdom. But if you're pressing forward mm-hmm. towards the kingdom, you'll be good for the kingdom, right? Yes. So does it actually elevate you towards Christ? And you could argue, no. And there's always going to be the Christian movies that come out and things like yeah. that or whatever. But, you know, that used to sound really silly to me, especially the way I was raised and brought up. That, that was never really a thing. And so when I heard about people not being able to go to movies, I was like, well, why? But now as I grow older and as I fall more in love with Jesus, I understand that there's just some things yes. it's worth not putting in my... My dad always told me, he said, What you put in is what you put out. Yes. What you your eyes are are the lenses, right? Of the body that and takes in. That takes in everything. And and whatever comes through there is what will be processed back out.
0: The change in the church world from fifty years ago to now is this. Fifty years ago in the church world that I grew up in, they wanted to know what it takes to get close to God. Yeah. And if you preach to them something that they could take off, lay aside, and, and get closer to God, they did. Mm-hmm. Now the idea of the church is, what can I get by with and still retain God's blessings? No, that's true. And that's the reason we're seeing a powerless church. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a powerless church because the power comes through sanctification mm-hmm. and the anointing of God follows sanctification Hmm. and and you know jesus said in isaiah 61 uh actually that was a prophecy of christ coming into the world and isaiah repeats this in isaiah 61 verse 5 and said the spirit of the lord god is upon me now listen Hmm. to this the spirit of the lord god is upon me because the lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening of the prison to them that are bound. But I love the wording of this. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And then the next phrase, he has anointed me to preach. Mm. But the spirit of God, there's the clue. There's the clue. The Spirit mm-hmm. of God and anointing is a word used to rub on, yeah. to saturate, to oil. So this prophecy of Jesus is just simply, it's a description of the Messiah coming into the world mm-hmm. uh, probably 740 years before he got here. Yeah, And he said he is anointed uh, relating to his mission and to his ministry. He's been set aside. He has been ordained Mm. for that particular uh, uh, where Isaiah describes uh, his spiritual character and his status here by he hath anointed me to preach. And so when Jesus began his ministry, he quoted these verses of scripture in the book of Luke chapter four, and I believe it's verse 18 and 19. Mm. He quotes this very verse of scripture here, in order to fulfill his ministry, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So here, here we've got a definition. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is up on me. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit to fulfill the ministry and mission that he had to do on this planet Earth. Yeah. So it was more, and we just read about Cyrus in the same book. Mm-hmm. He was called anointed because God used him. Yeah. God set him aside. But here in chapter 61, the anointing is identified by the Holy Spirit, yeah. which means it saturated him. Now, Cyrus is a different story here. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. had to maneuver him. He planted things in his path. Yeah. He planted things to let him see. He dealt with him. He was not a worshiper of God, but God dealt with him to do the things that he'd done and allowed the Jews to go back to Jerusalem
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, and build the wall, build the temple. Yeah. I mean, he allowed this to happen. Yeah. And God blessed him for that, yeah, and I believe history says that he established that kingdom for two hundred years. Mm-hmm. Two hundred years. Not he was the king that long, but it was established. Yes. But that because of, of what time. he did, yes, it was a lengthy, yes.
1: a lengthy reign for them. But Isaiah. I mean, when we talk about him, he gives some of the greatest insight of heaven mm-hmm. as a man that never visited. So he had to have been anointed by God, right, to even yes. remotely get that revelation from from the Lord. He had to have been yes. set apart to, to give us. He said, "I saw the train of his robe fill the temple." Yes. right? and then he Isaiah sixty five. He talks about uh, just the the goodness of heaven and oh yeah, planting, planting gardens, building homes, and yes. all that. So uh,
0: so much there is in the book of Isaiah, but Uh, Let me uh, uh, go to the book of 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 27. Now this is 1 John chapter 2 and then verse number 27. And uh, just kind of, I'm trying to explore this and get this in people's mind. He said, but the anointing which you have received of him abide in you. And ye need not that any man teach you but as the same anointing teacheth you all things, the anointing which you have received, the anointing that you have received, uh, the endowment of the Holy Spirit. Here it is referring to spirit anointing. And it said they had received, they had received this anointing, the same anointing, Every child of God is given a portion of anointing when you receive salvation. When salvation comes into your heart and life, that is as holy as you're ever going to be uh, at that point when Jesus comes into your heart and life, that fresh touch, your sin is removed. Yes. And, And sadly to say, when we leave that spot, and we start our Christian walk. Then we dabble in things. We give way mm-hmm. to the flesh and all this other. And, and uh, it dampens what God was trying to do inside of us. But it it he said it will teach you. Mm-hmm. It will teach you the truth. And this verse of scripture, teach you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in it Now, in St. John chapter 16, uh, whenever Jesus is talking about he's going to leave here and send the Holy Spirit, he said he'll guide you into all truth. Yeah. Whatever he hears, that's he's going to speak. Yes. Now, this verse of scripture does not mean for us to not take the word of God if somebody's teaching the word of God. Mm-hmm. But make sure that everything you believe is backed up by Scripture, yeah, by the Word of God, you can be led astray so easy. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've said this hundreds of times. When you start second guessing the Word of God, you'll end up believing a lie. Shows the world, yeah, you'll end up believing a lie. But the anointing of the Spirit. Now, I, I'm, I hope we're not confusing people mm-hmm. with this. Uh, is uh, one one uh, definition of anointing was smearing it on, mm-hmm. smearing it on. Yeah, uh, something that will stick to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and while we're here, let's uh, go over here to the book of James, chapter five, and uh, talk about anointing with oil. Anointing with oil, in James chapter five, and beginning in verse number. 13, he said, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church, anointing, mm-hmm. smearing on, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. Now then, let me just. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at the time, and and um, uh, this is going to take just a few minutes to explain mm-hmm. this. But it's under this heading here. Why do we anoint with oil? What 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 is that? And I've heard many people through the years of time say, "Oh, I don't want that stuff on me." I, you know, uh, anointing with oil. Why do we anoint with oil? And here it said, "Anointing them with oil." In the Old Testament, they anointed with oil. In the New yes. Testament, they anointed with oil. Yeah. It's Jesus' disciples anointed with oil Mm -hmm. and prayed for the sick. And here's why, Rob. Um, You see, God came physically. In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse uh, 8, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, giving evidence there that God physically came from heaven down to this earth and walked with Adam and Eve. They heard his voice. They knew who it was, and they hid themselves from the presence of God mm-hmm. because they had sinned, and they were ashamed to face God. It indicates, because they knew who it was, this was a routine thing. Mm-hmm. God had done this before with them. Now then, because of their sin, and I'm not going to go into the depth of this, yeah. but because of their sin, God could no longer walk with mankind. He's a holy God. So heaven sent Jesus, the second part of the triune Godhead. He sent Jesus down from heaven to this earth. He walked here 33 years, healed the sick, raised the dead, but was crucified on the cross of Calvary. Mm -hmm. And he makes a statement in John chapter 16 and uh, uh, verse number seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come. Yeah. But if I depart, I will send him. Mm-hmm. I will send him unto you, and when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me of righteousness and because they go to my father. You see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is judge. And then it goes on. What Jesus is saying there, heaven is exhausting everything it has to save man. Holy Ghost conviction draws men from sin to salvation, from darkness to light. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's Holy Ghost conviction, Holy Spirit conviction. Now then, when God came and Adam and Eve blew that, Jesus came in person, which meant he could only be one place at one time. And they crucified him on the cross of Calvary. So the Holy Spirit was sent. Mm -hmm. You can't see him He's a spirit. Yeah. You can feel him, see what he does, but you cannot see him. Yeah. The Bible said he's like the wind. Mm-hmm. He blows where he decides to blow. You can't box him in. You can't corner him. Uh, he's just like the wind. He goes mm-hmm. where he decides and wants to go. Yeah. All right. With that said, then because we deal with tangible things, hmm what we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, what we feel, our five senses, Mm -hmm. that's how we're made up. We see, feel, taste, the five senses there. So God gave symbols, symbols of the Holy Spirit, and one of them is oil. Mm. Oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So when James chapter five said, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. He's simply saying, put a symbol of the spirit on the sick body and pray for it. Mm -hmm. Now, so here's how we do it. We put oil on our hands. Now I like Rob and I have done this, always done this. When I pray for the sick, I want oil on every part of my hand that's going to touch their body. And here's why between my physical hand and their physical head is a symbol of the Spirit of God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a symbol of the Spirit of God through all, mm-hmm. anointing them with all in the name of the Lord. A commandment and the Holy Spirit is going to bring to power what Jesus done. Yeah. Jesus died, he ascended back into heaven. Hebrews 12 and verse two, he sits at the right hand of the father, but the Holy Spirit came and whatsoever he says unto him, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. He performs the word of God that Jesus said. Yeah. So Jesus said, by my stripes, you are healed. Mm-hmm. And so him with oil, a symbol of the spirit of God between our hand and their head praying for them in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Why is this important? Well, here's an important thing about it. if you wanted to argue about it, there is no way that the person standing there could receive credit and power for that. Oh, it was me that prayed the fair faith and yeah. I healed you and so on and so forth. Whenever we have a symbol of the spirit and we're praying in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. we're just a vessel that is anointed by God to be used of God to carry out the work of God. Yeah. And one of them is healing. And so James is just simply saying, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith. Yeah. Would save the sick.
1: So you could really say anointing really helps take us out of the equation. It does. It it removes, uh, because I know, and those in the church world will understand this. It's like, man, that was... They're really flowing in the anointing right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I take that and I and I'll use that as a sense of they're doing something beyond their capability. Yes. The God that God has really anointed them in this time. And there's just you know, I remember, you know, or even just this morning in church, I could feel the anointing of God come on me yes. in a physical sense. Yes. And I was saying things that were ministering to people that I did not really prepare. Nor that practice. I, or practice. Yeah. Anything like that. But I felt the anointing of God come on me. So there's yes. this physical anointing, but 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 it's to get us out of the way of the equation yes. so that God can get the glory. Because everything yes. we should do should be reverted back to him. Any praise yes. that comes to us, I always say it like this to our team is that we should be a mirror that reflects it back yes. to the Lord. And um and then in just walking with people and when we me and Tara on the road and evangelism and um, you know talking with pastors and stuff like this, I always, I got to really kind of show me this. Um, you when we're talking about the anointed word, right? Mm-hmm. The word is anointed on its own. Yes. And so just like Balaam's donkey preached the gospel, you know, yes. Um, I, I would say this to friends that were close to me. God used a donkey. You're nothing special, right? Yes. Because sometimes in, in this preaching world and in this ministry gifts, it's very easy. Um, for you to obtain the glory. Oh, yeah. And you get the choice. God gets you that choice, right? Yes. And so we have to really understand that it's only by his anointing and only by his grace and only by his mercy that we can actually proclaim That's the right. gospel in the first place.
0: Yes. And and what you're referring to is anointing of the Spirit.
1: Yes, anointing of the Spirit.
0: Anointing of the Spirit. Inspiration. Yeah. Uh, so the word anointed can reach a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. And it's a word that the Bible uses in different settings for different things. Yeah. But in the Christian world, we like to hear the word he's anointed, she's anointed. It's the anointing of the spirit. But when you get down to what the Bible says, Mm -hmm. uh, the word, it depends on how it's used. Yes. And uh, Cyrus is a great example of that. Yeah. uh God calls him anointed which means God used him mm-hmm. even though he was not a worshiper yeah but it was a God thing and because it was a God thing, anointed can be attached to that because mm-hmm. God does give the anointing yes. And so God used Cyrus and because he used Cyrus it's called anointed yes because God simply used him. And so when you're set aside to be touched, by God, mm-hmm. there's an anointing that goes with that because it's from God. God setting his approval mm-hmm. upon the task that he has sent you to do. Yes. And so with that said, let me reiterate this, the callings. Mm-hmm. God set aside an anointing to go with each one of the calling because it's a God-given thing. Yes. And what people produce has to do with the anointing of the spirit from god amen and so uh we we've talked about the anointing today of uh setting aside and receiving from god and anointing with oil in the name of the lord Mm -hmm. uh oh just it, it could go on and on and on and uh but It's real. Absolutely, it is. It's real. And I'm like the old brother said one time when he was preaching, they said, how do you know your anointing? He said, I know when it's there and I know when it's not.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: I know when it is and I know when it's not. And you can tell the difference. Yes. Um, But I have learned through the years of time, my anointing comes from God, Mm -hmm. not from people. That's right. It comes from God. And you have to settle that in your mind when you're doing something for God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My anointing comes from God yeah. because there's times if you keep your eye on people, you can pick some in the congregation. I've had people sitting in congregation, make faces at me. <laughs> and that's difficult to keep your mind on what you want to do because yeah. you're wanting to stay spiritual and then you're really wanting to get carnal uh,
1: Yeah, well, at the same time. Moving the spirit of slack. And
0: uh, so you just have to stay yeah. fixed on God and realize your anointing comes from God.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think my uh, biggest takeaway uh, from today is just the sanctification process. Yes. You know, set yourself aside.
0: Yes. And I just, challenge people to do that, Rob. Yeah. Um, set things aside mm-hmm. for a period of time. Yeah. For a period of time. Now, uh, you know, we, we talk about fasting and people don't like to talk about that and so on and so forth. But you can't fast all the time.
1: Mm, that's right.
0: You have to set aside a time to do that. And yeah. however you're going to do that, whatever you do, mm-hmm. you're setting yourself aside to be sanctified before God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so...
1: And that just all ties back into what we were saying the last week, application, how you apply yourself yes. in every area of of serving jesus and serving him with your life you know what are you going to put forth uh because what you put in is what you get out right that's right so all right with that being said we're going to wrap it up today thank you guys for tuning in we hope you have a great week and god bless you
0: thank you everyone for joining the podcast today we hope that it encouraged you in a great way. We encourage you to go to Dean Caldwell Ministries page and like and follow. We will be posting videos, dates, and places, and updating our broadcasts from time to time. Thank you for joining, and have a great day.